heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a July 6th Thursday morning edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson. A writer at many places these days, AP, Real GM, former Blazer Beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back to Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have a wide variety of shows. We keep growing. We have the NBA. We have the NFL channel. We have every team in those leagues covered as well. So it's it's the best place to go to find sports news, to get local takes from your favorite team, local analysis from people who watch your favorite teams closer than anybody. And, of course, that applies here on Locked on Blazers. And you may have noticed that we've had a lack of episodes lately, and that's because, well, the Blazers haven't done anything uh, so far in free agency. Also, 4th of July... And the time around that tends to be a time where there's not a lot of people on their phones, they're on vacation, they're with family. I was doing some of that as well. Friends from out of town who come in for the holiday weekend and all that stuff. And normally during this time, I would be trying to make some content and do some podcasts for y'all. Uh... This time last year, that's what we were doing. That's kind of when we got our start around this time last year. We're coming up on the, the one-year anniversary of the first podcast, The Locked On Blazers, which is awesome. But there's not a whole lot happening right now, and so that's why we didn't have that many podcasts. There was a lot of stuff that went down that affects the Blazers moving forward and their standing in the Western Conference. So we will break down... All of that relevant stuff, uh, which is is a lot of stuff, really. There's a, a whole lot of stuff. The Western Conference now is, it looks like right now is going to be one of those old Western Conference battles. Maybe something like when the, the Phoenix Suns missed the playoffs a couple of years ago and they won 47 games or something like that. I think it was when Portland made the playoffs and beat the Rockets with the the Damian Lillard shot in in 2013. Uh, That was a year where the Western Conference was... Every night was amazing basketball. And that is one of the things that I'm looking forward to as someone who has league pass, someone who really loves the NBA, and knows that when we get to the postseason... The Warriors 
by keeping everybody together, which that was a little bit in doubt uh, before the start of free agency. But they kept Andre Iguodala. Kevin Durant took a massive pay cut. I, you know, I think for for the next few years, you know, they're going to run through teams. Still, I don't see anybody in the West that can really stop them. But the regular season is going to be awesome. It's going to be teams going at it every night, and and it's gonna it's gonna take 45, 46 wins. I I I would say right now, just looking at how deep the talent is. It's going to take at least 45 wins or something like that to get into the playoffs next year in the Western Conference. So Portland, even though they haven't made any moves yet, uh, they, they still, uh, they're not going to have a lot of room for error uh, in the upcoming season because I, the West is going to be too good. Now, we still have some other teams in the West that we're still waiting on their free agents to sign the the biggest one i think in the west that is left is jamichael green for the memphis grizzlies and i think he's a, a a real big piece to whatever they can do in memphis he he's a, he's become a real big piece of of their attack he's very versatile plays power forward a little small ball center uh and, and is really an important player for them they let Zach Randolph go. He he got a contract from the Sacramento Kings. So that's kind of the only team. Another team that has some free agents and some moves perhaps left to be made are the San Antonio Spurs. Jonathan Simmons, still a free agent. Uh, but, of course, the, there, there were some other bigger moves that went down in the Western Conference that affects where the Blazers are. And I think the biggest one that affects... Well, there are two ones, two that really, I think, directly affect Portland uh, that happened in the past week that we did not know about. The Minnesota edition of Jimmy Butler we did know about going in. Oklahoma City getting Paul George in a trade for garbage. Victor Oladipo and DeMontis Sabonis. That is a little harsh, but I am not, I do not think Sabonis is that good uh it seems like he doesn't really have a position yet he he reminds me a lot of Noah Vonley at times when I saw him play last year and Victor Oladipo who is no longer just a, a plucky young player he's getting paid 20 million dollars I don't think is going to be able to lead an offense for you he had a decent year last year shot the three well I'd like to see him repeat that before I uh, buy into Victor Oladipo being a, a, a solid three-point shooter for the rest of his career and, and making him the centerpiece of a trade. But good on Oklahoma City for trying and making a move and getting a great, great deal because I, I don't think Oladipo's very good. I, I, do, I think he would maybe at best be a good third fiddle on the offensive end, but I don't think he's... I don't think he should be your number two guy. And Miles Turner is there, and maybe they're building around him, which I think is their plan right now. But Oladipo as the number two guy to Miles Turner, I don't think is is going to work out very well. But Oklahoma City getting Paul George puts them in the driver's seat, I believe, in the Northwest Division because Gordon Hayward on Monday – 
or Tuesday it was, I guess, you know, this holiday weekend, the days are all blending together. Hayward chose to go to the Boston Celtics over the Utah Jazz and, and the Miami Heat. He wrote this big Players' Tribune thing, though his his camp let it get out earlier that he was going to Boston and then tried to backtrack, and it was all this dog-and-pony show to make uh, Utah feel better and to to create the illusion of of uh, of process and and continuity and you know the, the, one of the the things about this about the, these whole procedures is is that the perception of a, a, a true process and, and 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 all this stuff is more important than the actual presence of it and what i mean by that is the process of going about the decision and notifying the team and letting people know all that stuff i, I it's all just this it, it feels a lot of it's just a lot of semantics and 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 it's just trying to make things appear as though there was a you know a streamlined process to everything and and, and i and the whole Players' Tribune thing that played out with Gordon Hayward was exactly that. Uh, it was reported by uh, Chris Haynes and, and that he was going to Boston. And then the Utah people were like, well, we didn't know. And, and so they got in their feelings. And also, from the player's perspective, you want to look as classy as possible in this situation, so you want to make them, you want to let them know first and all that stuff. I mean, it was very familiar to a situation we had here, um, and also, you know, with LaMarcus Aldridge, and and, and then in 2013, uh, another situation that was like that was Dwight Howard, when he told him, his people told people that he was going to Houston, and that came out, and then he backtracked, wanted to go tell Mitch Kupchak and flew from Aspen to L.A. to go tell him uh, that that it, it so it's all this it's all this stuff to make it look like it it all matters that the procedure matters it it doesn't it it, it that that that's it's completely secondary it's for it it, it just makes for a nicer storyline uh, but Gordon Hayward going to Boston is official and that to me knocks Utah out of the playoffs. I liked Utah's team last year. I like Donovan Mitchell, the kid that they added in the draft. Uh, if you go back and listen to some of the podcasts before the draft, I did like him and Monk, Malik Monk from Charlotte, now who's on Charlotte now, a little bit more than Zach Collins. Portland selected Zach Collins. So I guess we'll see who's the best player out of those two. Mitchell does play a similar position to Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. But if he's the best player... Uh, that's really going to hurt uh, because he, he's been looking really good in summer league and he's a two-way player as well, which uh, I think even despite his his short size, he had great length and maybe could have played. Maybe maybe could have been like a Norman Powell type, but I think he, he looks to be much better than a Norman Powell type, at least early in summer league, but summer league is summer league. But for me, the loss of Gordon Hayward knocks Utah out of the playoffs. I also ranked all of the teams in the Western Conference. Where does Portland stack up? We're going to bring that to you just after a moment. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99. 
and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Moment. Want to talk once again about the Locked On Podcast Network. It is the best network for you to get your local angle on all the biggest stories, just like you are right now. We're talking about all the big free agency stories here on Locked On Blazers, and every team is talking about it, and we're talking about how it affects your team. So keep it locked on the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're a big NFL fan, we have all of those teams covered for you. We got college sports. We got everything that you need. So be sure to check out more of the Locked On Podcast Network. So the Western Conference uh, has has changed a great deal. I think the Utah moves and the Oklahoma City moves really are the biggest stories so far of free agency that affect the Portland Trailblazers. A second part of the Gordon Hayward signing, however, is that the Jazz probably will not want to tank. They've got Rudy Gobert to worry about now. They've got him with... uh, being their young star player now that is a potential to become unhappy or what have you because he is an all-NBA talent. He wants to win. He doesn't want to be on a team that, that isn't going places. And you know now Utah more or less could be on the clock here with Rudy Gobert in 2021 which is a long time, but he's locked up there for a while. So uh, you're going to try and do things to get to to win. They made a trade for Ricky Rubio. They also signed Joe Ingles to a big contract. So they're still going to try and win. I know that they have had success without Hayward in the past, but you know, I I don't necess- I I think Hayward really gave them a little extra something, and the the the. Reports are now that that the Celtics are willing to engage the Cel- the Jazz with excuse me with the sign and trade Jazz in Boston, so that they don't lose him for nothing, and and that Hayward wants to help facilitate the trade. Also, this way, Hayward gets the full max contract from the Celtics, and the Jazz get a player in Crowder who is of great value has three years left on his contract with only $22 million remaining, which compared to a lot of other wings, even wings on the Blazers, Alan Crabb, even uh, Mo Harkless. You compare that number to Mo Harkless and you say, wow, that's a great deal. It's a better deal than Mo Harkless. And and so the Jazz and, and, and Celtics are apparently in discussions for that. So that's kind of a bummer because – if Portland could get into those conversations for Jay Crowder, he's pretty much exactly what they need. A, a big wing, a guy that can play small ball four, a guy that can play the three and shoot the ball well, who's a, a really good defender and is, is more of a complete player than any of the other three and D wings. I think that the Blazers have and, and 
isn't going to be a guy that needs a ton of shots, isn't going to be a guy that needs an ISO or possessions or run the offense or whatever, just a guy that comes in and does his job. And uh, if Utah is able to get him, then Utah, I think, moves up for me. But still, uh, not having Hayward there hurts. Ricky Rubio being there is nice. But uh, I do wonder how they're going to score. I, that's the biggest concern for me is is how will they score. So uh, right now, my Western Conference rankings, of course, I have Golden State, which shouldn't be as a, a, a surprise. Uh, Kevin Durant took $9 million less than his slated max, which is still $26 million and is, is obviously a ton of money. Uh, but that helped them sign Andre Iguodala. It also helped them sign Nick Young yesterday to the taxpayer mid-level exception for five point. Uh, around $5.2 million, which Portland also has. Portland has that exception still available. They just have not used it. But they were able to sign, the Warriors were able to sign Iguodala. They were able to shine, sign Sean Livingston. Of course, they signed Steph Curry to a max contract. So the whole band is back together, plus a couple of new band members like Swaggy P, uh, which. I think it's hilarious because the Warriors, it seems like they're trying to just get guys that have been known as kind of the clowns of the NBA and they're trying to get them rings. And my my theory is that they're trying to end Shaq and a Fool as a segment forever on, on NBA on TNT because JaVale McGee, they got him a championship. Hard to put JaVale on Shaq in after that. And then... They also just got Nick Young, who is probably the second most shacked player in the NBA. So uh, props to the Warriors for at least adding some entertainment value to the fact that they're going to walk through teams. But the, the West has gotten better, but, but still the gulf between everyone and Golden State is, is pretty wild. Uh, and... San Antonio, still, I have them, even though we still don't know about Ginobili, we don't know about Jonathan Simmons, we don't know about Dwayne Dedman, we don't know about LaMarcus Aldridge. It's funny, the Spurs are suddenly the team that we know so much for continuity, and I'm already putting them second automatically, just out of respect and out of maybe a little bit of reaction to how they performed last year when I doubted them, but... They're a team that usually is built on continuity, and everyone talks about the Spurs and continuity, and everyone that builds teams are, are trying to become the Spurs. Except for the inconvenient fact that it's not you have to have a Tim Duncan, you have to have a Ginobili, you have to have a Tony Parker, you have to have all those players, you have to have the people that make the Spurs the Spurs to be the Spurs. And. I'm putting them at number two automatically, but their roster may be in more flux than anybody else in the West right now because LaMarcus Aldridge and Danny Green are still reportedly on the trading block. They're still open to trading them. They haven't figured out what's going on with Simmons. Ginobili may or may not retire. And as I mentioned, Deadman is still a free agent. Uh, San Antonio in major flux. I have them at number two right now just out of respect. But uh, right on their heels is Houston. And if they get another player, if they get Carmelo Anthony, maybe I'll consider putting them ahead of San Antonio because the move to trade for Chris Paul, obviously major upgrade at the guard spot next to James Harden. I think both of those guys, 
I, I think the hand wringing about whether they're going to figure it out, I, I, I think, is making too much of uh, of it when you have two great basketball players. I think I've already said said this. Just the basketball genius level in the Houston backcourt with Harden and Paul, I think, will solve a lot of issues in terms of fit and style because they are both such smart players, and I think we'll figure out a way to help each other on the court because. James Harden, I think, wants to figure that out because he needed more help in the playoffs this year and ran out of gas. And I think J- and Chris Paul wants to figure it out because I think he also wants to extend his career and knows he's going to need help handling the ball. And, 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 and I, I think it's going to be a, a nice duo. And if they get Carmelo Anthony via a trade where they get him to waive his no-trade clause or he gets bought out by, by the Knicks, then then uh, I, I think you're, you're talking about a really solid team there. At number four, I have Oklahoma City with the Paul George trade. I think that he makes them the class of the Northwest Division. They also re-signed Andre Roberson yesterday. So then now you have a 3-and-D dirty work guy because... In the past, Paul George hasn't wanted to play small ball four. He hasn't wanted to do that. Roberson is a monster at in that role, so it allows you to play a little bit stretchier, a little bit more positionless, and uh, also still be really tough on the defensive end. So Oklahoma City at four right now. At five, I have Memphis uh, waiting on the Jermichael Green and Tony Allen news waiting to see whether those guys will resign. I think Tony Allen would be a really interesting candidate for the Blazers to look at, as I mentioned last week with that taxpayer mid-level exception. But I have Memphis at five, even though they lost Zach Randolph, because I have immense respect for Mark Gasol and Mike Conley and they have proven over the years that they're going to be in the mix, that they're going to win games, and then they're going to make the playoffs. And uh, if they can get anything out of Chandler Parsons next season, then I think they'll be fine. I, 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 I really think that they will be in the conversation. It, it, it's tough, but I, I, I just have immense respect for Memphis as a franchise and as a team that I'm not going to knock them out of the playoffs just yet. At six, I have the Denver Nuggets. This is uh, I'm, 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 maybe I'm a, I'm a little higher on the Nuggets than a lot of people, but they added Paul Millsap, which was a big deal. It was a three-way kind of deal where uh, the, the Clippers got Danilo Gallinari, Denver got Millsap. Earlier, before the draft, they also got Trey Lyles, who will presumably be the backup power forward behind Millsap. I like those moves. Guard play is still a little bit of an issue. You need Jamal Murray to be ready to to, to, assume, to assume the role of the starting point guard. I think Gary Harris is a really good two-way player. And uh, they still have Wilson Chandler there. I, 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 I think Denver with Jokic and Millsap and... A full year knowing that Jokic is going to be the guy. I think they're going to be right there at six in that lower tier. And then right behind them right now, I have the Blazers at seven. They have not added anybody, but they do have continuity going for them. They have Nurkic going for them. And they they may have improved their bench by getting uh, Zach Collins and Caleb Swanigan in the draft. 
and, and we'll see what other moves they have left. But I think the continuity for Portland does help them here with so many teams perhaps having to figure out how to play with each other uh, with all of these new additions all across the Western Conference. Portland does have something of an advantage there with continuity. It, continuity, I will say, did not really matter last year. It was pretty much the same team except for Evan Turner. So uh, will it matter this year? I, I, I think it will. I think they will figure out a way to uh, just be a little bit better. And with Nurkic being there healthy for a full season, I really think that's going to make a big difference. And I think Portland, with the two guards, and Nurkic is going to be able to score a lot of points and, and, and do it uh, pretty consistently. And if their bench can improve, then... Uh, that's big, but their bench needs to be able to play better together, and that's the biggest question, I think. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see what other moves they may have. We, we're, this list is obviously going to change some as moves continue. Uh, Minnesota is who I have at eight. The Jimmy Butler trade gives them a, a, a bona fide two-way star that could help show the way for Andrew Wiggins. And they also added Taj Gibson off the bench to crash the glass, be a monster, and reunite with head coach Tom Thibodeau, who was their coach in Chicago. I think, I, I and then right at 10, I have Utah. I think they're still a really solid team. I have them knocked out of the playoffs. I think they're better than New Orleans, uh, and I think they're better than Dallas. And I, I think Utah is at 10 behind the Clippers, uh, well, let's go back to the Clippers for a minute because I didn't really spend a lot of time on them. They got Danilo Gallinari, which is a really tricky fit now that they don't have Chris Paul because Gallinari so much would have fit the old Clippers team with Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. But their cap management, their asset management, giving away picks to acquire Jeff Green on an expiring contract, things like that uh, didn't really work out for the Clippers and they paid the price for it building around Blake Griffin itself is also tricky just because you just don't know about whether he's going to be on the floor enough to justify paying him a max contract, but they did it because I guess they're going to try and win. You have DeAndre Jordan, who's reliable and durable and is always there, but the guard play is Patrick Beverly and Austin Rivers really going to be enough to make the playoffs in the Western Conference despite how good and effective the Gallinari Blake Griffin DeAndre Jordan front court sounds in theory it, it sounds great but is the guard play enough and I I that's where the I you lose me with the Clippers I, I just don't think that their guards are good enough that the perimeter play is going to be good enough to make the playoffs I just don't think that they're going to get get enough there and then at 10 I have the Pelicans or excuse me at 10 I have the Jazz excuse me and they lost Hayward, but Rubio is a solid player. I think swapping him for George Hill is a pretty equal swap, uh, especially if Rubio can stay healthy. Then adding Donovan Mitchell as a creator, perimeter player, two-way player, I think definitely is going to help them. They, they are deep. They have a lot of depth uh, on their team. And so maybe some younger guys, maybe Dante Exum, who they drafted with the number five overall pick, who... Early in his career, people had kind of earmarked him as uh, maybe a potential star. He hasn't been that. He's dealt with injuries. Maybe he steps into a bigger role and, and, and becomes a better player like the player a lot of people thought he would be. 
but may, maybe that's not the player he's going to be. And so Utah, but I still think Utah has enough talent collectively to be in the conversation at 10. Then at 11, I have New Orleans. Uh, great front court talent, but again, guard play is just really where you lose me with the Pelicans. They don't have enough good guards. They traded away Tim Frazier and replaced him with Frank Jackson, a rookie. Uh, maybe they think Jackson can do it, but uh, the fact that Tim Frazier is a major loss for the Pelicans, I think, is a major sign that they are not in a good spot. Maybe a full season of Boogie and Brow blows the world away, but I'm not seeing it. I, 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 I'm, I'm just not seeing it. I'm not seeing them as a playoff team. But but maybe Drew Holiday has an even better year. But again, the other problem with him, like with Blake Griffin, he's not always healthy, and and it's tough to to count on that uh, and build a playoff team around that. And after the Pelicans, I have Dallas. Uh, everyone seems to be high on Dennis Smith, the point guard out of North Carolina State. Uh, some people say he could be the best player in this draft. That that just happened, and and he could usher in a new era or is expected to kind of under, usher in a new era at the guard spot for Dallas. They have Seth Curry there. They have Yogi Ferrell there. They have some decent guards. They have good, you know, decent decent wings in Harrison Barnes and and Wesley Matthews. They'll be in the conversation. They'll have, they have Dirk, who is expected to be back, even though he's still technically a free agent. But I have Dallas right behind New Orleans at 12. Then I have the Lakers at 13. I, I, I think the Lakers are going to be better than some people think. I don't think that they're going to be great. But Brooke Lopez is a professional scorer. I like Larry Nance. I like Julius Randle. I like Lonzo Ball. If Clarkson can just be on the, come off the bench and make his low efficiency game just kind of sing off from there in that type of role, I think that could be good. I, I really think Lonzo could be good, but Lonzo is also going to be 19 and figuring it out. So maybe uh, I'm a little higher on them than I should be. But I, I really do think that the addition of Brooke Lopez, who is uh, more professional than anybody the, the Lakers have had in years, will be a good starting place for a lot of their young players to really work from and, and get better. I, it, it reminds me a little bit of when Damian Lillard was a rookie and came into a team with LaMarcus Aldridge, who at that point was an all-star and, and a consistent player and a guy that can just be a steadying force for a young team. And some people don't like, you know, some people look at Brooke Lopez and think, you know, oh, we're in this small NBA now and everyone's positionless and no one uh, and all this stuff. But Brooke Lopez being tall and big can still get buckets. He shoots threes. He can block shots. And I think... Uh, is going to be a really positive influence on that Lakers team. I don't think that the Lakers are going to be that bad. At 14, I have Phoenix. I think they're still too young. I think their young players are getting really good or, or have a chance to be really good, like Devin Booker. Uh, but I still think they're just super, super young as a team. And I just don't think that they're going to be there. And then at, at 15, I have Sacramento last. I just, I'm not that sold on all their talent. Uh, adding Zebo and George Hill adds professionalism, but at this point in Zebo's career, I don't think that that is going to translate to a ton of wins. And George Hill, uh, again, it's the health concern. Can he play in enough games to affect games? And 
the other part of the the, the the hill signing is you know how does that help you long term taking away minutes from De'Aaron Fox and Frank Mason the point guard from Kansas who the Kings drafted so I, I'm just I, I I think Sacramento did good things I think they're making the right moves as a franchise but I don't think that they're going to make a playoff I don't think they're, they're going to make the playoffs I think that they're a really good candidate to, to be one of the big tankers out of the west uh, and the east has also changed but we will do our east rankings tomorrow on another podcast uh, just wanted to make sure that we got one in with you before uh, the moratorium of free agency ends. And then once the moratorium ends in a little bit, uh, we will have another episode for you tomorrow that hopefully will have a little bit more action for you to digest and, and some more signings of players. And maybe Portland uh, dangles that taxpayer mid-level exception out to somebody like like Tony Allen, like Vince Carter maybe, uh, players like that that are still out there that, that may – uh, be able to be had at a discount. I don't, I, you know, I don't think that, I don't, I don't, I don't think Jonathan Simmons is going to be in Portland's price range or anything like that. He, he, or, or, or Rudy Gay or, or, or someone of that nature. Uh, maybe CJ Miles is interested. Uh, I think CJ Miles would be a really nice addition to this team and it would be a, a kind of a good vetty ad. But uh, at the same time, he, he might be able to get more money than, than the taxpayer mid-level exception. So, uh, but, but Tony Allen, I think, might be in that ballpark. So uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll keep watching out there for more moves from the Blazers. And keep it locked on Blazers. We'll be back again before the week is over with our Eastern Conference rankings. And uh, we'll continue to break down free agency because there's a whole lot to break down. We'll have guests and we'll keep the conversation going. I hope you guys had a, a great holiday. Uh, but we are back on with the NBA. So until next time, keep it locked on Blazers on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play. And we'll be back with you once more this week. Until next.